Uh, thank you for joining um, me here on Cliff Richard Radio. Um, first, I just want to say a big congratulations and happy 80th birthday to you. It's so amazing. Oh, thank you very much. I had a good day. And funnily enough, you know, I was planning um, to celebrate with 20,000 people over four days at the Albert Hall. Mm -hmm. And as you know, the ruling here, and I'm sure it's the same there probably, we, I had to whittle the numbers down to, let me see now, six. Oh, no, no. <laughs> that was good. I had my, my sister came and saw with, with her partner from Portugal and I had uh, four friends, three friends, and we had just six of us here and had a very nice time. So thank you for your good wishes. Oh, that's fantastic. Great to hear. Um, I've been listening to music there that I breathe and um, I must say that it's an absolutely fantastic album and your vocals um, are absolutely stunning on all of the songs. Um, how did the album come about? Well, uh, well, thank you for all your compliments. Actually, the air that I breathe, you know, I'd even forgotten that I had done that. At the office, they had looked up for some duets and found these duets that we hadn't actually released before. Mm -hmm. And I loved that. You're right. That song is so good. And singing it with Albert was wonderful. But the, the album, um, it, it was trying to, we were always trying to do something different. And having found these uh, five duets that I hadn't actually re released before, mm -hmm. um, it made life a little bit easier for me. So I've chose five fairly popular um, uh, songs that most people would know, if not all, and two brand new ones. So uh, it, it all came about, it came together very easily for me. The, the new stuff that I did, and which includes two new songs, so seven of the tracks, um, I, have, I had to do partly on Zoom. So the producer came through to the studio. I was in Miami. He was in Los Angeles and uh, he could listen to me through his big speakers and he would ask me to do a line again if I wouldn't mind and I wouldn't mind at all. So it all went really, really well. And I'm, I'm so thrilled with it because it's a very diverse album. I just hope, uh, even if you're not a Cliff Richard fan listening, uh, you might find something on here that you like. <laughs> yeah, they're all quite different. Definitely. Um, Older is such an amazing song and your vocals on it are absolutely um, stunning. What made you go with this kind of song? Is it a song that maybe you can relate to? Well, it older sounded like a very good title. I didn't want to use it as the title of the of the, of the album, though. <laughs> but but when I heard the lyrics, when I heard the demo, I thought this is wonderful because not only does it have a, a little story to tell, it's a little bit of advice for people who are worried about you know when they when they're and it's good. The lyrics good. When you're young, you want to be older. When you're older, you're she were younger. So it was a good little tag to it. But I liked it because it gave me the chance in the sort of there's the chant in the middle the, in the middle of it all. And I did three harmonies and I double tracked each of them. So there was, that was six of me. Then they had three girls also double tracked. So it's a very, very I, I'm looking forward to the tour next year. I mean, I'm hoping like mad that it will come off. And I'm thinking now of using older as the ending of the first half of the show wow. so that everybody will be up there waving in their arms in, in the air and they'll have learned the song by then. So, but I'm glad you liked it. It's a terrific song. Yeah, definitely. And it's, uh, it's quite uh, emotional too. I think uh, it takes you on an emotional ride when the, when you hear it for the first time. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah. I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, and P.S. Please, that is, that's an amazing song that I actually see you singing live um, on stage, uh, just sitting on a stool with a spotlight. It's such a great song. Um, how did that one it's, come about? Well, it became, well funnily enough, the, the, the writers wrote from, for me, they wrote that song and sent it to me. Uh, it should have been on the last album on, on Rise Up, but mm -hmm. for, we couldn't we couldn't make it work at the time so um 
it's a posthumous song. I've never song, sung a song quite like this. It's obviously about a man who has died before his child was born, but they knew it was a girl and they called her Eliza. So basically it's him singing from the grave in a way that, you know, actually he leaves letters. So he says, happy birthday, dear Eliza. I, I, the world must look big at 17. I hope you found the time to open all the letters that I've hoped you'd read. So it goes on like that with him wishing her well and, and giving her a little bit of advice here and there. And it's absolutely, I, I found it fabulous to sing. And you know, even when I couldn't get it on the last album, I had planned to do it this year anyway on stage, mm -hmm. because even though the, I, I wasn't allowed to release it, I would be permitted to sing it live. So I was going to. So now I've recorded it. It's on the album and I'll definitely be singing it next year on the tour. God, God willing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Can't wait. Um, your Here Comes the Sun um, has kind of a, a, a reggae feel to it. Um, was this the style you were going for in the song? Yeah, we will be talking about what kind of feelings it should be had. And uh, Larry Klein is a really terrific producer. He's quite a wide He's got a white mind. And I would suggested, I said, you know, it's so difficult when you when you do a song that's such a classic by the Beatles, there ought to be something different about it. And I said, I think it would work as a reggae. I had looked up on a looked up reggae on a on Google or something, I can't remember, mm -hmm. or maybe it was iTunes. And I found I, I sang it along with one of these reggae tracks, and I thought this will work. And so did Larry. He thought it would work. So that's why it's a reggae. I, I just had the feeling it ought to be different. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's a good style. Um, and how did how did you feel? In your opinion, um, was it hard to take on a song um, by the Bee Gees like "Too Much Heaven"? It was not difficult. It was just the, again to try to think. You know, any everything that the Bee Gees have done, I and mean, I might as well tell you now, the Bee Gees are my favorite band of mm -hmm. all time. I, I've always loved everything they did, and. Um, Trying to choose a song by them was difficult because they're all so good. But I chose this one uh, uh, because it's very melodic. Everybody would recognize that intro, even though I think the intro was for another song. We, but we put that together and I turned it into a waltz. It wasn't a waltz. It wasn't a th what they call a 3-4 song. Mm -hmm. And it meant that there's some strange phrasing in the middle. But again, I, I do, if I'm going to play tribute to a, to a band like the Bee Gees and Barry Gibb, uh, I always feel that I, I, I should put a little bit of me in it. <laughs> and so I changed it to the waltz and sang it my way, but it was a, it was a great song to do on stage. And we, we also got a bit of influence from Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, who used to sing, you know, like, nobody gets too much heaven no more, with yeah, little stat static areas in it. So that's what I... Uh, I did in that one. So, um, I mean, it, it, the album gave me a chance to choose songs that I loved and that I believe people have, other people have loved too. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it's, it's powerful. It's going to be an amazing song. I really hope it does um, well on the charts as well, because it really should. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> um, has COVID changed your outlook on life at all? Like the way you stay in touch with people, um, the way you use technology? Yeah, it's changed everybody. I mean, I think it's everybody keeps calling it the new normal, but let's hope that the new normal becomes the regular normal. Soon. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's, well, it's, it's been it's um, it's been devastating for everybody. It's not not just certain people. It's everybody. Our our industry of the arts has been decimated, really, when you think about it. There are no theatres open. They're starting to do things in smaller theatres where they can maybe distance. But you know, if you take away two thirds of the income, 
you can hardly play, pay for the rental of the venue. So it's become very, very different. And therefore the, 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 uh, the, the lockdown, the virus gave us opportunities to, for, for us and our industry to collect together. I did a track with Gary Barlow. Yes. And I then made some videos. I did them at my home in Barbados. It was hard to do it because when you've just got one iPhone to work to, <laughs> it's really <laughs> tough to make it interesting. But I like to think we did a good job there. And it, it meant that people who were trapped in their home could actually turn not just to me. I mean, I said once that I, when I introduced mine, I said, if you don't like me, you can find somebody else and you'll, you'll be entertained by the fa your famous, your favorite artists. So it gave us a chance to be in touch with the public without ever seeing them. And so there was a lot to be learned from it. It means that anything like this doesn't have to make us crumble. Mm -hmm. It just makes us humble. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I had a lot of emails coming here at Cliff Richard Radio from, uh, you know, a lot of listeners saying that it was your music that helped them get through uh, these times. Um, I even had a lady saying that she lost her husband and now your music um, is her constant company and she, she just listens to you 24-7. So, well, I love, I love hearing you say that because, you know, th throughout your life as a singer, what are you doing? You're singing songs. Yes, sing songs that please you. I mean, I never record anything. I, honestly, I like a song. But what you have in your heart is that that you will, it'll touch somebody in some way. And funnily enough, you look, it, 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 and I connect this with Australia because Devil Woman um, stopped one woman from becoming involved with the occult mm. because a friend of hers had discovered she was interested in the occult and said, do you like Cliff Richard? And the woman said, yes. And she said, well, listen to this record. And in Devil Woman, there's a kind of subtle warning against that kind of activity. And she listened to it. So I get kind of moved when I think that a record like Devil Woman could actually help someone in their life in some way. For me, it was just a fabulous rock and roll <laughs> song. But it's nice to hear that uh, people who have troubles and, and can relate to a singer and songs can be helped by that. And, uh, you know, we're, we're a very, very lucky people, we, we who sing and perform. Yeah, most definitely. Um, for your 80th birthday and celebration, we um, played the top 80 Cliff Richard songs, um, which viewers uh, sent in over a period of uh, three months. And we had literally thousands of votes. And um, I'll quickly tell you now what the number five uh, to one was. Uh, Ocean Deep was five. Uh, four was Golden. Three was Devil Woman. Two was The Young Ones. Now, can you guess what number one was? Missionaries. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. by, by a long shot was Miss United. <laughs> I know, you know, it, it happens before when some people told me, but yeah, Ocean Deep and Miss United, neither of them were actually big hits for me. I always make a joke of it and say that it took us nearly three months to get Miss United into the British charts. And then the highest position it reached was 15. No. Not a big hit. Green, uh, Ocean Deep was not even a single. And yet, somehow or another, it it uh, it happened. People love to hear it. So, you know, quite often I I I I wish I had the nerve to say, "Where were you when I released it? What did you buy?" But yeah. if they like it, it's forever be I'll forever be able to sing them. So that's the that's the miracle of our business. Most definitely. Um... Now, over the years, you've worn some absolutely iconic suits. For example, your event suit and um, one of my personal favorites, the Feather Duster from the Together concert, which was uploaded uh, to celebrate your birthday by your official YouTube channel. What has been your, your favorite suit and, and where are they now? Um, 
Well, most of the stuff I wear, I hand to Tanya at the office after I finished wearing them. And then when people request for auction items, I can genuinely give them something I wore on stage and they quite like paying for those sort of things. And of course it's wonderful because then the suits have not only treated, I've not only treated people to seeing a piece of cloth, cloth that I wear, <laughs> it then raises money for those who are in trouble somewhere around the world. So it's terrific. But my, I don't know what my favorite suit was. Oh yes, I know what it was. And I'm gonna, I've, I found the coat. It was, a, it was a long white coat that I wore with white trousers. And when I did the, uh, what was the, uh, the, my jazz album. Oh, Bold as Brass. Bold as Brass, that, that, that album I wore it then. And when I was moving from an apartment in London, uh, I found this bag. The trousers weren't in it, but this jacket was there, this long morning suit, like a, something you'd wear to Ascot. I, I was wearing black jeans and a black shirt. I put it on and I thought, oh, this is what I'm going to wear. That's going to be my, my favorite look. It, it really looked out, out, outlandish and uh, and fantastic. So I hope the fans will feel the same. I'll probably <laughs> open with it though. I won't wear in the second half. Because mm -hmm. I always feel that we get a little bit more rocky in the second half and I'll be freer in a pair of jeans. <laughs> Most definitely. Um, I know um, our time's almost running out. So I just have some quick fire questions for you. Um, one word at answers can be fine. Um, rosé or red wine? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your favorite book? Any of the books that I've read by Vince Flynn, um, uh, Mitch Rapp series, and very and the second to that would be Cliff Richards' The Dreamer. Oh, nice! Can't wait to read that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what TV show are you currently watching? At the moment, we're watching a thing called on Netflix called The Sinner. Mm -hmm. But one of my favorite ones released recently uh, was called Medici the Magnificent, which is kind of it's set to 500 years ago. And it's interesting to realize how barbaric we were as human beings. Um, what about your favorite film? A film? Uh, I've got three, but I guess it's going to have to be Gladiator. It's, I've seen it probably six times. Can I, put, can I tell you what the other two were? Yes. Um, Groundhog Day and The Long Kiss Goodnight. Oh, nice. Awesome. What they about uh, three fantastic films? <laughs> they're, they're great films. Um, what about your favorite Elvis Presley film? I think it was that wait a minute, it was, um, King, King Creole. Oh, yes. He's a boxer in that. He's really good. <laughs> yeah, terrific film. I thought it was really good. In those young days, he looked so good. I know he put on weight, but even actually, even when he put on weight, when he went on diets to do a movie, he still looked unbelievably like that young Elvis. Yeah, definitely. He done what thirty-two of them, I think. Yeah, I know. Well, some of them you could consider as too much. <laughs> yeah. uh, I wasn't a great fan of the middle run of things, but I believe Colonel Tom Parker and he had talked about it, and he said, "I can, we can make a lot of money if you do these films." And he, they did it for money, which is fair enough. Yeah, definitely. Um, Heartbreak Hotel or Rock Around the Clock? Heartbreak Hotel. Mm. Um, are you a window or an aisle seat? I'm a window man. Yeah, very nice. You look over one of the nice views. Um, <laughs> what color is your toothbrush? I think it's black and white. Mm. Are you an early bird or a night owl? I'm not an early bird. But yeah, I suppose I'm a night owl at the moment because I'm working on all this promotional stuff. Uh, 
I'm not waking up for quite late. We start late, and then I got hooked on Netflix, and then I'm a late, then I become a late <laughs> night bird. <laughs> oh well, Sir Cliff, um, I'd just like to say thank you for talking to me um, today and and taking time out to talk to us at Cliff Richard Radio. Uh, do you have any uh, a last message for you for our listeners? Well, one for you first. Well, th- thank you very much for seven years of the Cliff Richard Radio. Thank Fantastic you. achievement. I hope it goes on forever. Me and too. To all of you who, who listen, um, I want to just say thank you for your support and your unbelievable following of, of, of my career. I really appreciate it. I never take it for granted. And every time I do an album like this one, I'm already thinking of what I'm going to do for you next. So watch this space and thank you all. Bye-bye. Thank you, Paul.